Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Dress, the history of fashion, is a production of Dress Media. in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, Cassidy Zachary and April Callahan. Dress listeners, welcome to yet another edition of Fashion History Now. Um, yeah, we did one last week, but there has been so much going on that we're back <laughs> at it again. We always joke about this because we could do these and we should do these uh, every week. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way. But yeah, there's always so much going on in the world and we love to talk about it with each other and share it with you as well. So Welcome, yeah. welcome. I have like a little ongoing folder where I just kind of like tuck things away yes. and pull them out when needed. <laughs> exactly. And the first thing I want to talk about actually has been in that folder for a bit, uh, <laughs> probably a few weeks now. Cass, have you heard that Prada is going to the moon? I have not, but that does not surprise me. <laughs> do tell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do not mean a Prada store per se, but uh, I think it was last month, both the BBC um, and The Guardian published articles announcing that Prada would be designing the new spacesuits for NASA's 2025 moon mission in conjunction with Axiom Space. Interesting. So when I first read these headlines, uh, it was kind of like, my feeling was like a hard eye roll, right? <laughs> Do we, is this the designer collaboration that we really need right now, right? You know, I mean, there is, there are bigger concerns in the world right now, like war and climate change and, you know, food insecurity and healthcare and education. Like, how about we take each care of each other here, right, right, you know, right. first before we start sending fashion into space? 
But then, actually, I had kind of forgotten about, as I got further into the articles, I'd kind of forgotten about Prada's longstanding innovations in research and design in terms of textile design. And they have actually been at this for a while, and not necessarily just for the fashion brands. Their engagement in terms of sports textiles goes all the way back to the 1990s um, with their innovations in high-tech fabrics that are used for professional sailboat racing, because of course, Prada has their own racing team. Of course, I did not know that, right? I had no idea they had their own racing team. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, okay, now this makes a little more sense. So basically, the textile innovation, kind of the design innovation aspect is why they're partnering. I'm sure this has some branding benefits to everyone involved as well. But I don't think it's, oh, we're going to send Prada spacesuits to space because it's fashion. I don't think it's that. And I just want to read a little quote here from one of the press releases. It says, Prada's technical expertise with raw materials, manufacturing, techniques and innovative design concepts will bring advanced technologies instrumental in ensuring not only the comfort of the astronauts on the lunar surface, but also the much needed human factor considerations absent in legacy spacesuits. Our decades of experimentation, cutting edge technology and design know-how, which started back in the 1990s with the Luna Rosa challenging for the America's Cup, will now be applied to the design of a spacesuit for the Artemis era. So kind of cool right? And this is actually not the first branding collaboration that NASA has done. NASA has done a ton of branding collaborations in the past. (laughs) Puma, Nike, Yoji Yamamoto, Balenciaga, Heron Preston, Off-White, Coach, Vivian Tam. And as I was poking about in this, who has worked with NASA as a branding collaboration? I read a 2022 article that says NASA receives 11,000 licensing requests per year, which... They probably have an entire department to handle that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you move beyond just fashion, right, and all of the products that you can get, um, because that's one of the kind of Mm -hmm. the first dreams you develop as a child. Once you learn that you can actually go to the moon, it's pretty magical. And of course, that relationship between space travel, maybe not necessarily NASA, but space travel and fashion extends all the way back to at least the 1960s and the space race. So I'm also very curious to see how NASA going back to the moon with Prada in tow will influence just the everyday wear of people. The flip side. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll keep our eyes open for that coming in here or so. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's my first bit. Uh, What do you have for us next, Cass? Okay, so I am super excited to talk to our listeners. We've never really talked about this on the show, but a really um, fun, exciting weekly way that you can get your fashion history news is from fashion history newsletters, which is something I am fairly new to in terms of being a subscriber. And I don't know if you subscribe to any fashion history newsletters, April, but there are actually a lot of really excellent ones out there that I wanted to share with our listeners today. And I bet you're going to Tell us all about it. Please do. (laughs) Yes. So the first one that I want to talk about is from past dressed guest, uh, Laura Beltran Rubio, who is, if you do not follow her on Instagram or follow her work, she's a 
public-facing fashion historian. Of course, I just mentioned she's a past-dressed guest, and she's also a senior contributor to the Fashion and Race database, and she's doing a lot of really important work in terms of expanding the narrative of fashion history, especially in the realm of her specialty, which is Latin American fashion and fashion history. Mm -hmm. And she moves fashion beyond, you know, those white Euro-American lenses to really celebrate and interrogate fashion, right? And fashion's expansive global expressions, while also also looking at those power structures that exist within fashion and even the fashion history profession and industry. So she really sees being a fashion historian as a responsibility and she uses fashion history in a really meaningful way and a really accessible way that I really love. And so she has a lot of ways that you can engage with her content and it's often presented in Spanish and English. Cool. So you can follow her at Laura Bellru on Instagram, B-E-L-R-U. And then you can also find info about her work and access her blog on her website. And she just has really super fascinating and informative topics that she shares with you once a week, sometimes twice a week. Most recently, she was talking about what does it mean to be a fashion historian and pondering questions like what is the purpose of in any of fashion history and how can we use fashion history to actively reshape an industry that is clearly rotten and needs a good shakeout? And what is the role of a fashion historian in shaping contemporary design or even the future of fashion? So I just really, really enjoy following her content. She also does a lot of uh, posts on like indigenous fashion scholars, activists, designers. She has a Patreon, a book club. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, dress listeners, I think you there's a lot of ways to access her content. And um, it's really, really meaningful and fascinating all at the same time. Cool. That's awesome. Excellent suggestion. Yeah. And then the second one that I want to recommend is from a fellow fashion and textiles study graduate, April, Laura McLaws-Helms. Has, she also has a podcast, Eyes and Whispers, and then she also has a fantastic newsletter, and again, she has different tiers. There's freed and paid content, and you can support her incredibly informative, thoroughly researched newsletters. And most recently, she wrote in a recent newsletter, quote, in a 1983 issue of Town & Country, I came across an essay by the first American model to work in Paris following the war. Her memory is so distinct, so evocative. Bring the reader back to Pierre Balmain's Atelier in 1949, to the Paris Opera, to the sense of the world re reopening and endless possibilities. And then she goes on to share with you in that newsletter the memories of young American model Nancy Thompson, who was a model at Balmain in Paris in 1949. So just stuff like that every week in your email, something different. She did fantastic coverage recently on the life of groundbreaking Black American designer John Haggins, who recently passed away. She also had interviewed him for her podcast, and I never really knew much about his work prior to this. So her research, musings, and expansive stories are accompanied with fantastic primary source imagery. You're just going to have a blast following her content, dress listeners. And then the third and final one, and again, this is in no way comprehensive. There's so many fashion newsletters, but another past dress guest, author, historian, sex worker, and sex activist, burlesque queen, Joe Weldon, who we love. And my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my former burlesque teacher. Exactly. So she, I don't know if you know that, April, she has a newsletter. As I didn't well as know Joe had a newsletter. I knew she had a blog. Yeah. I didn't know she had yeah. a newsletter. Yeah, so I think maybe the blog, the newsletter is an extension of her blog. Um, but she, of course, came on the show, gosh, it's been years now, yeah, um, to talk about ago. her book on 
Fierce, A History of Leopard Print. But she writes about the intersections of sex work and fashion, Mm -hmm. which is her ongoing research and I believe the subject of an upcoming book. Um, Ah, I have an update. I have an update for you. (laughs) Um, Originally, Joe was working on this as a book. Instead, she turned it into a one-woman show, which I saw a few weeks ago here in New York City. So yeah, instead of the book format, she kind of shifted its format and and it was like an hour 20 minute hour and a half one woman show and it's amazing so joe will be back um on the podcast in 2024 she's gonna join us for her one woman show project called what i wore to work and she takes you through it all during her days working as a stripper working a little bit in the porn industry working a little bit as an escort i mean joe is a huge activist in this realm she's actually tested Justified in front of Congress um, on some of these topics about sex workers' rights. And she also is quite the fashion historian and scholar herself. So I just want to say that this is the first time that I have ever gone to a one-woman performance where they handed out QR codes at the end that were her footnotes. <laughs> yes. You heard me correct. <laughs> Joe is such a dedicated <laughs> academic that she does like this entire performance about sex work and and what and sec, what sex workers wear and then at the end gives everyone a QR code so they can check her foot. That notes, is so. amazing. And just to give <laughs> listeners an idea, this is from her blog. So she says um and what to look forward to and apparently an upcoming dressed episode. Um but also from her newsletter, she says, I have stories ranging from stultifying mundane to hair curling bizarre about all the strip clubs where I've worked. Some of them strain credibility, such as the one I often tell about cops coming in to check on our pubic hair, but I assure you they're all true. I talked to some friends this past weekend about a peculiar episode in the 1980s, and now that it has come back to me, I've realized I'd never written it down. And this is what she talks about, the She Club incident of Atlanta, Georgia, 1982. And you can learn all about that if you subscribe to her newsletter and or her blog content. So three fantastic fashion history newsletters. Get on it, dress listeners. Cass, as you know, we are going to be expanding our fashion history travel offerings this year. Mm -hmm. So you better bet that I'm going to be brushing up on my language skills with Rosetta Stone. With more than 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and so many more, that world out there is practically at the tip of your tongue. And that's right, dress listeners. For more than 30 years, Rosetta Stone has been the expert in language learning. There are no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language, which is incredible. You learn by immersion, and their programs are available to use on your desktop or as an app. And let's not forget that there is an amazing built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, so you learn the proper accent from the very start. For a limited time, dress listeners, you can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Well, speaking of people um, doing things to get conversations started, you know I'm going to have to talk about the Balenciaga towel skirt. Oh, yes. It's been a minute since we trashed Balenciaga <laughs> on dress, but here we are again. Um, and I think this is really funny because Diet Prada actually called them out this week saying like, hey guys, Balenciaga, I thought you all told us that you were going to go back to making exquisite quality clothing and original designs. You told us that you're going to stop trolling us all with your publicity stunts. Specifically Demna, right? Creative director yeah. Demna's yeah. publicity stunts. Yeah. So here, here we are again. So <laughs> part of the spring 2024 Balenciaga collection, specifically look number 30, is a wrap towel skirt uh, on the Balenciaga <laughs> website. It's up for sale for $925. It is Terry Cotton, and this is the listing for it. I'm just going to read it to you all. It says, Terry Cotton, this item is unisex, regular fit, mid-waist, two buttons at waistline inside, adjustable belt with buckle inside, <laughs> knee length, Balenciaga logo embroidered tone-on-tone up front, made in Italy, dry clean only. So, what is it? It's a towel. It's a towel wrapped around the model's waist. And, and they have it styled on the runway over a pair of pants uh, with a black hoodie. And and the model is also wearing black sunglasses. Um, it, it's just more of the same, right? It's just, it's just more of the same. Well, and remind our listeners, right, who probably remember, I think this was earlier this year or last year when they produced, uh, Demna came out with the trash bag. Yeah, there was a purse. There was a trash bag, uh, uh, a lambskin trash bag. It looked like a black trash bag. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, even before all of that, um, was their 2017 knockoff of the iconic IKEA bag, which they, the really big, oversized blue one with the straps that you get when you make a purchase. Theirs was again in leather, it cost $2,000. But the point that I really wanted to make, because I don't really care about giving this airtime. The point that I why I wanted to talk about it on the show is actually IKEA trolling Balenciaga. 
about this whole thing (laughs) with the towel skirt Um, because Ikea UK uh, posted an Instagram post and they styled one of their own models in one of their bath towels and they styled him with their Ikea bag, um, the same kind of like style of hoodie and shades. And the text said, introducing the new Vinarin towel skirt, a 2024 spring fashion essential. And it is still up on their Instagram (laughs) for like $10 or something, right? (laughs) I know a lot of because I posted a reel about this too. And um, on the art of dress and a lot of people were like, I didn't know I was so fashionable for 2024. Right? I I didn't know I had the next fashion statement. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Right? And, you know, a lot of people also pointed out that and you talked about this when we talked about this the first time, that the jokes on the consumer, the joke is on the person who's going to pay $925 for a terry cloth towel, right? We all think it's ridiculous. But it's almost like they're making fun of their consumers. Yeah, of the people who buy it. That's exactly (laughs) what it is. And and you know, part of them doing these kind of publicity stunts is the viralness of of the thing increases brand awareness. And and so that's part of why they're doing this. It's I'm not unaware of that fact. And, you know, we're doing it right now. We're talking about it. Um, And it's not just us because they were mocked all over social media. There's been so many memes of people posting just like pictures of themselves like in Mm -hmm. a towel. But the really funny thing was, of course, when I I saw the IKEA UK post, I was like, I have to go to the comment section. What is everyone going to (laughs) say? Literally hundreds of people are like, whoever their marketing team is there, give them a raise. That was agreed upon unanimously. Somebody else posted, you'll be able to see his IKEA meatballs which was cute. Several (laughs) other people pointed out that they styled, the Ikea version styled the hoodie. It's a Yeezy Gap hoodie, which I thought was very clever as well. And then my favorite post of all was, but does it have pockets? (laughs) (laughs) We still need our our pockets and our towel skirts, right? Maybe then it would be worth $900. And I mean, I yes, we're giving it publicity, whatever. But I think what a lot of people have pro- a problem with, and of course, we've talked about this, is just that, and I did this in my reel too, and some people do not actually know that Cristobal Balenciaga was a man. And not only was he a man, he's one of the most venerated fashion designers in the history most of Most innovative. And I mean, Christian Dior called him the master, right? Like, people the master of us all yes the master of us all because he was a supreme architect and for balenciaga the house to now be it's it's could not be farther away from his original vision and we also know that he closed his house in the 60s because he saw the you know the rise of ready to wear fashion etc and he didn't want to be a part of that right he was so dedicated he had also been at it for decades and decades and decades yeah but he kind of knew that his moment had come to a come to an end yeah his style of fashion production right and and that dedication to hand craftsmanship and the art of haute couture he kind of saw that that transition and he decided to retire and so to have his house just kind of be this today is just devastating to fashion historians (laughs) devastating to fashion historians even if the younger people maybe who do not know who Balenciaga is it's kind of it's almost feels like two different houses right yeah for sure so so it'll probably not be the last time we talk about Balenciaga. Uh, okay. All right. In a slight change of subject, Cass, do you know about Project Primrose? Have you heard about this? I have not. 
Oh, okay. So again, it's been hanging out in that fashion history now folder on my computer for a minute, but I think it was maybe like a month and a half ago, a couple months ago, Adobe held their annual Max conference. Oh, um, you yes, know, yes, yes the tech company, Adobe. Mm -hmm. And one of the presentations that was part of this conference blew me out of the water. So this was the brainchild of Adobe research scientist and sewist, Christine Dirk. Her project that she presented was Project Primrose. And she herself is kind of behind the podium, giving starting this little lecture. And then she steps out from behind the podium. She's in the center of this very large stage. And she's wearing a strapless sheath dress. And the, the dress itself is completely covered in these large, I would say, kind of like dragon scale shaped sequins. And she says, and I'm quoting her, a digital dress that brings fabric to life. Project Primrose allows me to refresh my dress in a moment. Fashion doesn't have to be static. It can be dynamic and even interactive. So she presses a button that she has behind her her back and her dress completely changes. So it had just been pale gray white, but then all of a sudden it had plaid patterns. And then all of a sudden there was motion all over it. And the audience gasped. Like I have never heard an audience just go <gasps> like that. It was it, <laughs> amazing. There, There is video of this online. Listeners, we'll put a link to it in our show notes so you can see the presentation yourself. So how it works is that the sequins are actually tiny miniature screens that are constructed from smart materials. And this basically gives the wearer of the garment, and they're also talking about application for this in terms of like handbags and lots of other kind of wearables, right? Um, but you can control the displayed content by using Adobe products. So you can program whatever it is that you want to program in Adobe Firefly, After Effects, Adobe Stock, and Adobe Illustrator. Very, very cool. The future is here. Yeah, yeah. And also she did this other one very cool thing um, to let everybody know that also the technology can integrate motion sensors. So she did this one little move where it wasn't just like the program pattern. She actually put it into a different mode and did a little shimmy. And then her motions were like reflected like water all over the surface of the dress. So here we are. Get ready. And and I'm going to be a little bit of a cynic here for a second too. And how... Soon, do you think that this technology is going to start used for advertising on our clothes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the next level of the t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. Literal advertising canvas on your body, mm-hmm. right? Oh, this immediately when I saw this reminded me about the movie Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie mm-hmm. from the 80s. Have you seen that? I have. And that his secretary has her nails. And she takes a pen and she changes the color of each of her nails. And I remember watching this when I was so much younger and just being blown away by that technology. That technology is obviously here. (laughs) Coming soon. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine the nails, the removable nails that are going to that are going to pop up out of this technology, too? So you're going to be able to like the if you want them to be motion activated, that already exists. Like your nails can change color as you move your hands. Amazing. Uh Amazing. Uh So I thought about maybe asking her to come on the show. Maybe I'll reach out next season and, and see if we can work that out. Yeah, that'd be super interesting. 
And I'm glad you mentioned next season, April, because we are actually very much on the way out of this season, dress listeners. I can't believe it. I know. But actually, not this week, but this is our last fashion issue now of this season, because next week are going to be our last two episodes. Of season six. Of season six. We will be re-airing through next year, early next year, some of our favorite. We're going to dig into our archives and pull out some episodes that we think we have even forgotten about, you have probably forgotten about, um, and kind of bring them up and refresh them and refresh your memory with all of these this incredible content that we've covered. And while we're doing that, obviously, re-airing episodes, that just means we're working on season seven. Da-da-da. Yes, yes, yes. So, <laughs> yeah. And this is the annual break that we give ourselves every year right around the holidays yes. just to kind of, you know, take a little time off from making the show, enjoy our friends and family. We, we, we need a break, too, yes, sometimes. Yes, we do. <laughs> so don't worry. Dress will be back. We're not going anywhere. Yes. But even during this break, we are still going to be kind of working. And Cass, you have some very big news. Do you want to announce to everybody what uh, you are going to be working on? Yes. So coming in January 2024. So of course, dress listeners, you've listened to seven seasons of Dress the History of Fashion. Coming in January 2024 is dressed the school of fashion. Yeah, that is because <laughs> we are going to be offering our long promised, long requested very first fashion history courses for our listeners. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to share with you the first class that I'm teaching that will be offered to you is called What Women Wore to the Revolution, 100 plus years of transformative fashion. So this is actually going to be a class taught in two parts. It's an eight class series. And it's basically I'm going to be taking you on a journey through the evolution and revolution of Euro American women's fashion from the 1850s to the 1960s. So of course, we're going to go all the way from crinolines to mini skirts. And this is a period that's marked by seismic transformations, both in the clothing women wore and the lives they led. And I'll be using clothing as a lens each week for us to learn more about the many remarkable people who quite literally changed the shape and face of fashion by pushing the boundaries of what came before. And this class is just going to be for now because this is the first one we're doing. It's just going to be once a month. It's going to be the second Sunday of every month from January 21st to April 21st. And it's part one of this series. And in part one of this series, we're going to be covering the years 1850s to the 1920s. So we've got Bustles, Bloomers, and Badass Ladies is the first class. (laughs) And basically, you know, we've all heard of Charles Frederick Worth. By now, if you listen to the show, you've heard of Elizabeth Keckley and Amelia Bloomer, and they're all contemporaries of one another, April, as you know, but rarely are they ever spoken about in the same sentence. So that is going to kind of be the Mm-hmm. the theme of that course. And then the second one is is Chanel Who, Shattering Myths and Freeing the Body in the Pre-World War One Era. So of course, something we've also talked about on the show is Chanel's often credited with modernizing women's fashion in the 1920s. But in truth, fashion was modernized in the era just before and during World War One. And this is a time when visionary designers redefined the shape of fashion and women redefined themselves. And then the third course will be at war with fashion, women who worked and wore during World War One, 
So all those millions of women who went to work during World War One really are responsible for pushing fashion into modernity. So we're going to learn all about that. And then the fourth class in this part one is going to be arresting dress renaissance and resistance in 1920s fashion. So in this class, we'll be studying women's continued fight for autonomy and equality in the wake of World War One and how that was reflected in clothing that challenged and defied restrictive societal gender codes, even as it revealed more skin than had ever before been seen in the history of fashion. So we're going to be going from the Parisian ateliers to the dance floors of the Harlem Renaissance to the jail cells of New York City <laughs> to meet the women who dared to bear while simultaneously defining one of the most iconic eras in fashion history. I'm excited to do this with you. I hope that you will join me in learning about this incredible, the incredible transformations in women's fashion through this incredible era. And in this class, you're going to gain the skills and knowledge to properly date and identify the actual fashions that themselves from the 1850s. Uh, to the 1960s. So looking at fashion plates and surviving historical garments. And we're really going to learn to define those distinctive features that created the fashionable silhouette of any given era. So that is all to say that you can head on over to dresshistory.com right now and sign up for these classes. And I hope to see your faces in January. Yay. So Cass is launching her classes in January, and I'm going to be doing a little set of my own classes coming in June. So I'm going to kind of start with some basic building blocks. Um, I'm going to be doing a fashion 101 course. Um, and then I'm also going to be doing a course on the great designers. So you cannot sign up for those yet. Because <laughs> um, they are going to be six months away. But we will definitely let you know um, when you can. But something that if you want to come hang out with me in New York City, something that you can sign up for now, I am going to start doing Fashion History Friday Nights at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. So if you would like to join me for a 90-minute tour of uh, fashion history as found in the Met's permanent collection starting in January 2024, I am going to be offering those on select Friday evenings. So you're going to be able to sign up for those directly through our website. Sign up, pay, done deal, super easy. Yeah, so check out our website at dressedhistory.com for all, all the details about Cass's classes that are coming in January 2024 and also my fashion history tours of the Met. Yeah, and I do want to say that you, if, if you really want to take April's tour, you don't actually have to wait till January because we still have, I think, three <laughs> spots, two or three spots left for our New York fashion history tour on Saturday the 9th. And that is actually mm -hmm. the tour where April is going to be debuting this incredible, yes. incredible tour of the Met. And I just want to say just kind of an idea is it's not it's 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 a global exploration of fashion. Um, it's a quite expansive exploration of fashion history that takes us into kind of unknown um, recesses in the Met or a little explored, a little known to me personally. I'm learning a lot yes. from April's tour. If you do want to jump on that, you can do that. That, um, we still have a couple spots left on that day. Yes, there's two spots yeah. left specifically <laughs> on uh, Saturday, <laughs> December 9th. So it really is a blend of both art history and fashion history kind of all wrapped up into one. So we're going to be looking at 10 objects. It's very fun. Is it entirely finished yet? 
Maybe not. And you still need to work on my timing. <laughs> That's going to be something I'm doing at the Met later today. So, uh, you know, these things are in the process, friends. <laughs> yeah. And we're just so excited to expand the dress offerings for next year. Um, it's just more ways that we can bring you the what we all love, right? Our shared love for fashion history. And so on that note, dress listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. And of course, thank you so much for all of your continued support over all the years. It really means the world to April and I. Yes, yes, yes. So also, if you would like to write to us, if you have questions, you can always email us at hello at dressedhistory.com. Head over to the website to find out more details about classes, trips, tours, etc. That is dressedhistory.com. You can also DM us on Instagram, which is, of course, where we post images accompanying each week's episodes. And our Instagram address is at dressed underscore podcast. And yeah, I think that I think that does it for us this week. Yeah, Cass, do you have anything else to add? I do not. That means that there's more Dressed coming your way on Tuesday. Dressed, the history of fashion, is a production of Dressed Media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.